And let's continue our ongoing series on what our post-pandemic society might look like. And this afternoon, we're going to focus on public transit, what's its future, or with maybe so many of us now working from home, does public transit even have a future? Here with some answers is our friend and futurist Nick Babington, who joins us on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Nick, good afternoon. Great to be here, Jeff. Okay, let's start with the obvious. With more and more people working from home and expected to continue to do so, does public transit, does it have a future, Nick? Yeah, it's it's interesting when we actually look at this. I think that we're going to have society split into two sections. I think one part of society will, will love what they've been doing right now, which is working from home, and obviously uh, with the lockdowns uh, sort of reduced, they're going to be able to delineate between being at home and their sort of social life. Uh, so I think we've got those people, but that, I think we are going to still see people desperately wanting to get back into the offices. I've chatted to a lot of uh, people that I know that, that are normally based in uh, downtown Toronto in large offices, and they can't wait to get back. And they're hearing their employers saying that they're going to be like changing how things are operating that telecommuting is going to be normal even after the pandemic passes, and they're pretty disappointed. So I I think that these two populations are going to be at loggerheads, but I think that the importance of public transportation and designing the city back in in the realm of human interest and the public's interest is going to be increasingly important going forward. Okay, I want to talk about that in just a few, about the design of our city or the perhaps possible redesign of it coming out of this. But what do you think in the short term, Nick, what is public transit going to look like if indeed we are still going to need it in some shape or fashion? Because I just can't imagine, and I'm sure there's many others listening right now, that can't wrap their head around that we'll all be packed like sardines on the subway ever again. You know what? I think that uh, we, we, we might actually find that there's people helping really sort of delineate sort of spaces between other people on public transportation. I think in the short term, people are going to be demanded to wear face masks um, to keep some distance. And and I think that, you know, we're going to see, you know, hand sanitizers. We could potentially see it at certain uh, major junctions of like the subways or, or the streetcars, uh, people with stations uh, allowing you to wash your hands and to be able to uh, have hand sanitizer there. So I, I, I think that we're just going to get back to normal. We've seen this happening in other populations where people are going to be out and about on the streets. There's going to be distancing. There's going to be face masks. And I think that people are really going to wait until, you know, the government says, hey, you you no longer have to do it. And then I I honestly think uh, back to human nature. We're going to be back to packed subway cars. We're going to be back to (laughs) packed. Uh, pack transit as, as, as a total, um, just because that, that's how human nature is. We get back to work, we get in close proximity in cities, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's just how we operate and we always have operated. So. Okay, but until we see a vaccine, Nick, can you honestly see us all? I'm thinking about a subway platform. I'm picturing that in my mind's eye right now. Yeah. In pre-pandemic, of course, they were just packed with people and then you'd wait for the doors to open people would spill out of the cars and of course other people would be trying to jam in at the same time i just can't see that being the new normal or going back to that normal in this new world and how do you possibly police that situation i i you know i think that uh, i think that there is going to be caution you know uh, i think it is going to be a while until we get back to that sort of that that crowded platform that that pushing and shoving to get on and off of uh, transportation i i do think that people are going to push 
to, to like walk on the streets to get to work that way. They, they might um, get dropped off by, by their partners or they might ride share with people and park in parking garages. Uh, they might actually get go to biking. I mean, I've seen people in the dead of winter biking around Toronto. I'd love to see hundreds of people biking around Toronto in the dead of winter as well as in the summer, right? So I think that this is inevitable. I think the mode shift between different forms of transportation is going to be something that people are going to step, step towards. And we already see in Europe that a lot of people use different kinds of transportation. And, and I think that this is what's going to happen. That sort of variety of getting from A to B. You know, it's funny you mentioned cyclists because they are a hearty lot. I have one friend who's an avid cyclist, and I remember the first time he showed me his winter tires for his bike. I was like, really? You have winter snow tires for, for your bike? Okay, you you are a lot braver soul than I am, that's for sure. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, do you think the biggest challenge for a transit system, whether it be the TTC or any other moving forward here, is it going to be convincing people that it's actually a safe mode of transportation post-pandemic? I think that we're, that we're at this, the, the point where people are watching the politicians and, and the mayors and, and, and looking for that, that word to say, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so there's a lot of responsibility. I mean, it's like closing down Hyde Park with, with, the, with the blossoms right now. It's just because um, they have to shut it down because they're trying to stop these, these uh, infection nexuses that can happen around the city. But as soon as we see someone saying, you know what, it's okay, get back to work, life's going to be normal, I think the people are going to flood back to that way of working. I think that for the time being... This is why government's really important. This is why we have to believe science. This is why uh, we have to lean into the epidemiologist to, to give us advice. They're going to be their word is going to be law, and I think that law is going to be is going to be enforced as well going forward. Joined by futurist Nick Babington, we're looking at the future of public transit post pandemic. And do you think that the TTC, Nick, is there going to be a lot of pressure on them, perhaps to add more cars, more buses? And can they afford to do that? I mean, more resources with perhaps less people using public transit, if indeed, and we don't know the percentage right now, but if there are more people working from home, telecommuting, uh, staying home, it would stand to reason there's going to be less people using public transit. Can they really afford to add more resources? I think it's going to be inevitable that we're ultimately going to be waiting longer if we're using public transportation. It's not that easy to suddenly add more cars and have more drivers on the road. And, you know, financially, everyone's been hit, including the TTC. So I think that what's going to happen is commuters are going to be waiting for longer. People are going to have to plan their journeys a little bit more carefully. And this is why I think that more people are going to set off a little earlier and you know, on those nice days, they're going to walk to work, they're going to bike to work, if possible. I, I would like to see um, some priority given to older older uh, transit riders uh, that, and, and people that are vulnerable, people that are also, you know, in wheelchairs, the blind, you know, pe- people that do have disabilities. And, and I think that what we all have to do is give them the priority here, um, you know, pregnant mothers, people with wheelchairs and whatever. But is this going to happen? You know what? The city is an interesting mix of people where a lot of people think about themselves before you know society as a whole. So there's going to be tension. And I think that we're going to see a lot of people having a, a lot of arguments. And uh, that's something that we need to be really careful of. 
So, in other words, not much is going to change. Uh, I think we no, see no. that on public transit a lot. A lot of people, unfortunately, having arguments. Uh, is this also an opportunity, and you hinted about this a few minutes ago, Nick, an opportunity for city planners to rethink their cities and how people will actually get around in the future? Yeah, I mean, look out the window of where you are. Look out onto the streets and realize that the road takes up probably two-thirds of the space and like the, the sidewalks take up very little space. So who's the city built for? It's built for vehicles. It's built for public transportation. I, I think that what we need to do is, is look at places like Toronto and realize maybe we can think about pedestrianizing a lot of this. Maybe we can start to reroute traffic. We can start redesigning how the city works for citizens, putting the humor, human at the center of the design process. It's incredibly important. We see it a lot in Europe, especially places like Amsterdam and Copenhagen, uh, even South America places like Medellin and Colombia uh, and Bogota. So if these places can change, uh, I think that places like Toronto can change. And why aren't these city planners sitting down and seriously thinking about that? Because, you know, our city's been built for industry and it's been built for business. It's not been built for people. And I think we need to change that balance. Some really interesting thoughts, as always, from our friend and futurist, Nick Babington. Nick, thanks, as always, for the time. Really appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much, Jeff.